Welcome to Superman and Lois, the New Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. And we're here to talk about the CW's upcoming Superman and Lois television series and news on that. And we're finally getting again closer to filming, it sounds like, with everything going on. Warner Brothers TV, including Superman and Lois and that, is planning to resume filming in Vancouver soon. And they're making finalized plans for that. This comes from Deadline. So apparently standard 30-day notices have been sent to actors to resume filming. Basically, they get those letters. Apparently, that's like a, a thing. They get those 30 days out saying, hey, it's time to get back to filming. This is your letter. We are giving you that. So they, they have received, received those. So depending on the show, actors are expected to arrive in Vancouver sometime between August 20th and 27th. They would then have a two-week quarantine. Assuming all goes well with that, that would allow filming to start in early to mid-September for those shows. Pending, of course, I think the unions still need to agree on safety protocols and iron some things out there. But assuming there's no issues with that, then filming could then begin sometime in September. Yeah, which is not super far away. I mean, we're, what, a few days away from August, so we're a month and a half out from potentially filming starting on this series, and that's that's pretty exciting news given all of the setbacks that have happened and not knowing hardly anything. So just having some sort of information like that is pretty nice. Yeah. And if Superman and Lois is able to actually film in September, that should give plenty of time for a January debut, which is what is the plan as of now. Usually there's around three months for returning shows. They start filming in early July for an early October start. So September, they would have three, three and a half, maybe even four months if they're able to film early to mid-September, and it's an early to mid-January type thing. So that should allow plenty of time to actually get filming, uh, even though we don't know the specific dates there. Bitsy Tolick, it seems like she might already be in Vancouver. Uh, she shared on Twitter that she was on day 11 of quarantine. That was back on July 20th, and only three more days to go until she morphed into a full vampire. <laughs> I don't know if she's become a full vampire yet, but it looks like she is in Vancouver. And the reason that might be, she's probably not there for Superman and Lois yet. Uh, but her husband, David Gentoli, films A Million Little Things in Vancouver also. And it looks like they might be filming even before Superman and Lois. So she might have just gone a little bit early to go the same time with him and their child. So they didn't have to travel twice. And unless, you know, Bitsy feels like going and setting up things and getting the set going and doing that herself. She's really just eager to get back to work and wants to build the sets herself. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's one of those two. I'm going to guess it's because of her husband, but your your other guess might be correct as well. But I know, I think I've complained in the past that everything is filmed in Vancouver. And so you pick out stuff that you've seen all the time in other shows. But at times like this, it is kind of nice that everything is filmed in Vancouver. So she can go be with her family and not have to re-quarantine or leave somewhere else and then come back. So that would be nice. Yeah, it's got to be nice for actors who are married, I suppose. Yeah. As far as specifics on Superman and Lois, some news came out that the show is tentatively scheduled for a September 28th to April 1st production schedule for season one. So that would be about six months of filming, if not extended. Uh, usually these shows, looking at something like The Flash, they film for nine months for a 22 episode season. And... That includes, there's some breaks in there, obviously, for holiday breaks and everything. I don't know if they'll take as long of holiday breaks this year because they might have to quarantine for two weeks if they leave the country and then quarantine right. two weeks back. So it might be shorter breaks for everyone, but that would allow six months of filming. But again, this is possible. This is still flexible. And if the CW wants to go into the summer, July or August for releasing new episodes, that could be 
they could be filming even beyond that. Yeah, that that is less time than is normally given, like you said, for a 22 episode season. So if you did like just a straight up ratio six months, that's like 15 episodes. I would be perfectly okay with them doing just like a 10 or 11 episode season and just giving themselves extra time to get everything. I'm sure every process is going to take more time during a global pandemic as it should just to ensure the safety of everybody working on the show. So I would be I'd be pretty happy if they just did like a half season and really spent the time to get everything right and take extra time to do more CGI or more story rewrites, that sort of thing that to just boost up the show as much as possible. Yeah, that's a that's a really fair point. Unfortunately, if the CW is investing that much time and money, they're going to want more yeah. hours to fill. So I don't know how much that makes sense. Like you said, six months, that'd be about 15 episodes. I think if you we know this, that the CW gave Superman and Lois a 13 episode initial order. So that's six months that could be 13 episodes and they get a little extra time for the pilot. Since they, they're not filming the pilot separately, usually they get a month for that. And also maybe that sort of builds in some extra time if there are production even if everything runs smoothly with production it might be slower than if they had been filming a year ago and had a set schedule if there's more time just because of restrictions if there's more time to clean sets and if you have to be a little more creative with getting scenes filmed just because people you don't want large groups of people near each other and you have to do things a little bit differently and it takes a little bit longer to film each episode maybe that is the plan 13 episodes in those six months and if the cw cw wants to extend it for 16 to 16 or 18 episodes and film later then they can do that at a later time which is normally what they do for their shows yeah so this is all possible right now because vancouver is doing pretty well the british columbia is doing pretty well numbers wise uh i think i looked this up in all of british columbia which has about five million people this is as of last week but there's just over 3300 total cases since the pandemic began, 266 active. Just to compare that to a place that's not doing so well, LA County, the population has about 10 million people and they have over 165,000 total cases. And they're, they're basically getting the number of cases each day that British Columbia has had in total. Yeah. And so, obviously, like this is the absolute least important thing on the hierarchy of important things, but it is nice that Vancouver seems to be a lot safer than some other places that you could film. So hopefully that means there's less delays and the show can come out sooner. But obviously that is the least important thing. Just hopefully everybody is staying safe, safe and healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it does give hope that, you know, maybe they can do some semblance of a normal season and everything goes smoothly there. But like you said, keeping everybody safe and healthy is the most important thing there. But hopefully that continues uh, to to do well. Yeah. Off off some older news from a few months back that I actually missed. Mark Guggenheim was on the Fake Nerd podcast. This is toward the end of March. And he talked about what the Krypton cameo in Crisis on Infinite Earths could have been. So we're, we were actually going to have Cameron play a Kryptonian elder. That's Cameron Cuff, who uh, was on Krypton. Uh, and he said, we're, we're going to have him play a Kryptonian elder so we could play a little fast and loose with continuity if we had to. When Allura was basically grabbing Kal-El and Lois on Argo to take them to the ship, we were going to have this Kryptonian elder essentially hologram in with important information about the destruction of the multiverse. So this stuff was actually written. So that, I don't know about you, but that's extremely exciting. I, I really love what they were able to do with Krypton on sci-fi and sadly it got canceled and 
I, I think we both really want to see elements from that show, if not storylines like actual characters and uh, actors and everything come over and be a part of the CW shows in some way in the crossover or anything. So this gives me hope that maybe we'll see some of those elements from Krypton on this new show. Um, I don't know about you, if you think this heightens the chances or doesn't really change them at all. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting there. Obviously, Krypton canceled after two seasons, but this makes me think at least pre-crisis, they were open to having Krypton characters on the CW's Earth Prime shows. So this was planned by Mark Guggenheim, of course, who's not directly connected to Superman and Lois. But yeah, it makes me pretty excited that they could at least consider having those characters returned. They considered it in the past, so maybe they will consider it in the future. I think that's pretty cool. Now, we don't know if this was just a one-off type thing, just a little fun little cameo for Krypton, or if maybe they're, they could include more characters down the line, some of those Brainiac Zods, those types of characters that I'd really like to see. It also makes me wonder, is that the same, would that be the same Sagal on Krypton? Maybe an older version of that, or a hologram, a AI type version of that Sagal? Or is this another alternate universe version of Sagal that just looks like Cameron Cuff? Uh, as we just as we talk about that, is it the actual same one from Krypton or a different universe one? I don't know. Yeah, and those are those are even questions that could go unanswered. Just seeing Cameron Cuff on in any sort of role would be a nice enough Easter egg just to to have some crossover from Krypton into uh, this CW shows. Yeah. So, do you think Sagal and other characters from Krypton? could be alive, maybe a little bit older on Argo City. Maybe they got off, uh, they got onto Argo City before the rest of Krypton was destroyed. Maybe, possibly. I think that would be, that would be pretty cool and a really nice way to bring in this, these characters and elements of the show that is now canceled. So I don't know if that makes it easier to play with this stuff because there's not the restrictions of an ongoing show that they have to go around or if it makes it harder because I don't know who has the rights to all of that stuff and what they'd have to deal with to get it. But um, yeah, I, I think them being alive on Argo city would be a real possibility. Yeah. And I still think it would be cool to obviously Superman and Lois needs to establish the show itself first, but maybe down the line in season one or season two, bringing in those villains from Krypton would be really cool. And maybe tying up some of the loose ends from Krypton or having a crossover with a young Sagal and young Nissa Vex have a time travel adventure, something like that would be really cool. And I, Definitely want that, you know, Krypton to be tied in in some way until someone tells me it is not. Me too. So that's really it in terms of news. We're kind of waiting around for DC fandom, see if there's any information given out there, a panel or anything like that, or really information to come out once filming starts and once we get closer to the show actually airing. There's probably not going to be a ton of news in the meantime. So we'll catch up on a couple more Rebirth era comics. We're nearing the end of this here, but the big one. The first up, Superman Action Comics, The Oz Effect. This was Action Comics 985 to 992, where we had two issues were something of a Superman-Lex battle team-up, and then the six issues, the main thing was the, the Oz Effect, which leads into Doomsday Clock, which was a big DC Universe event. Uh, overall here, what'd you, what'd you think of this? I like this. I, I, I like these storylines where it's it's been done in a couple different ways. Um I don't know if this is my favorite way they've done it, but this is one of the storylines where somebody from the Kryptonian heritage tries to convince Cal that humans are worthless and that there's nothing redeeming about human nature and that they're just evil and they want to kill each other and that Kryptonians are are pure and you should leave Earth and come hang out with Kryptonians because humans are bad. And then Superman 
tries to explain that humans are good and he was raised by good humans and there is good alongside the evil. So that storyline has been done a few different times. And like I said, this might not be the absolute best handling of it, but it's done pretty well. And I like this idea so much because the reason it's done so much is because it really shows how important humanity is to Superman as a character alongside his Kryptonian heritage and kind of the interplay between those two. So overall, I I really did like this arc. And it's really, it was nice to see the Mr. Oz kind of storyline that's been running behind some of these other arcs that we've been reading finally get its day. So that was really cool to see. Yeah, I agree with you here. Uh, I do like the premise, like you said, of someone, in this case, a Kryptonian, saying how terrible Earth is. Why would you, visiting Earth, gosh, this is a terrible place. Why do you like this place? They don't deserve you, Superman. And Superman comes back and says, no, uh, there's good here. There's a lot. There's more good than bad here, and these are the reasons. This is why I will always fight. I'll never abandon these people. Uh, that I just absolutely love. The premise of Mister Oz being Jor-El, yeah, uh, not not a premise I really like so much. I think it's executed pretty well. But what Jerkins does here, but I don't. I'm not really a fan. And this is even done later, a little bit later in Superman comics to a more extreme effect. But the story point of everything you thought you knew isn't real. So Jor El, you know, that's like a concrete thing in Superman mythology. Jor El and the rest of Krypton blew up and died. Oh, well, this thing happened. Having said that, this is a pretty cool way to do it where it's kind of implied Dr. Manhattan, however he did it, you know, going back in time and pulling Jor El out, exposing him to the worst of humanity, and then him coming back as an antagonist to Superman and, and Superman's family, I think is a about as good of a way as you can do it. Although I think the most important thing for Jor-El to do is die. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I was, I was a little upset, like, like you said, kind of messing with that's, I mean, that's kind of par for the course in comics is messing with history and timelines and everything like that. But these are some pretty big events to say didn't happen the way that you thought they happened. And then obviously having Jor-El be such kind of a, not a great character, Although you find out he's being controlled by Oz. That I was going to be really upset if we didn't find out he was being controlled or made to do things. Uh, if that was just how Superman's real dad was all the time, that was going to be kind of upsetting. Yeah, and that's kind of vaguely done there. I don't know how much he's obviously being influenced to some effect, but how much of that is actually his idea is him disliking humanity and setting those things up how evil is he versus how much is he been being manipulated i think is kind of vague there uh so you know if i did see jor-el i wouldn't necessarily want to see him as an antagonist even though i think this is a pretty cool storyline would you like to see jor-el show up either in in some way in superman and lois or in his uh even as a villain antagonist like he is here yeah, either jor-el or somebody from superman's lineage this is again where we could get that crypt krypton crossover we could get some of his his family members going back generations making an appearance um i would like to see that just because this is a family show and it's about and i mean by family show it's a show about the family that superman and lois have created uh, with their children and so since they have human and kryptonian heritage it would be cool to see some of that human and kryptonian heritage going back a generation or a few a few generations showing how that has affected Superman and then how he can use those that experience um, to deal with his parenting of his children. Yeah, that's a really cool point. And I, we could see Jor-El in a hologram type of way, fortress technology, however they they want to do that. Uh, if, there, if we're going to do too much with the parent, you know, 
Clark's parents, I'd like to see the Kents more, Jonathan right. and Martha Kent, but his Kryptonian heritage is obviously important. And there's some, you know, again, dealing with time travel, uh, there's some cool stories dating back a long time where Superman returns to Krypton in some format and goes and meets his parents as an adult. Uh, and sometimes maybe before they had Cal or while Cal was a newborn or something like that, I think that could be something cool. Get to see a little bit of Jor-El and Lara could be a cool way to do things. Uh, I would prefer to see that than the antagonist route but yeah. then then actually seeing Jor-El alive in the present day either I'd prefer to see something in the past or as fortress technology but there's a lot of cool cool things you can do with it and Jor-El is a cool character that I certainly want to see something of at some point in the show yeah and there's a there's a storyline like a brief storyline that I don't think gets fleshed out enough in the comics where he is trying to convince John to leave earth so he he it's not that he gave up on Cal, but he's trying to also convince John that like, hey, you are you have Kryptonian blood. You don't belong here. Come with me to this planet where everybody's allowed to use their powers and they don't have to hide it. Um, that's an interesting idea that I don't know if it necessarily needs to be Jor-El, but it could be some sort of Kryptonian antagonist that tries to convince one or both of their kids that, hey, you you are half Kryptonian. You don't need to deal with all of these measly humans. So it would be interesting to see that kind of like temptation play out in the children and then have Cal explain to them why it's important that they are also half human and why Earth isn't all bad. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And there's some really cool and powerful things you can do with that. What do you think of the two issues before the Oz effect where Superman and Lex forced battle, there was mind control there, and then had to, and had to team up, of course? It's, it seems kind of familiar to some of the other storylines we've, we've read with this Lex and this Superman. So it wasn't super original it was nice it's always kind of fun to see them team up slash fight uh so i'm hoping we get some sort of that kind of relationship between lex and superman on this new show uh but that being said there wasn't i don't know if there's anything specific from these two issues that i would pick out that i like Ooh, i really need to see this yeah that's a fair point and we're still dealing dealing with the heroic acting lex here right. uh, but i'm always a sucker for superman and lex being forced to work together there and iron out their similarities and their differences and all of that it's been done a lot of times in the comics smallville had that episode where they were trapped underground did that superboy the television series had a similar episode where superboy and lex had to uh, work together to get out and i think that's a really cool way you can have a really cool character look at what makes them similar what makes them different why aren't they best friends working together why are they at odds with one another i think there's a lot you can do with that yeah Elsewhere, we also looked at Superman Volume 5, the fifth arc of the Rebirth Superman comics, Hopes and Fears. This one's a little bit different. It's definitely not one complete story. What we really have is three two-issue story arcs throughout here. Um, we have two issues, which are something of a... came out in July, I think. So there's a very patriotic feel where there's a road trip and a history lesson about America and all of that. Uh, that actually is really timely to present day. There's two issues with Sinestro and Parallax with what's going on there and then two issue deathstroke story where lois gets to take some center stage as a reporter what do you think of this collection here uh they were they were each good in their own way uh each had some of their shortcomings shortcomings i definitely liked the road trip the fourth of july history lesson the first two issues those were good there's a lot of stuff i think they could pull out into the tv show especially adapted for current day um and that would make a pretty good bottle episode or whatever you want to call it, where it's just a one-off that 
isn't really connected with anything else. I love Green Lantern. I don't know if I've talked about that much on this podcast, but I'm a huge Green Lantern fan, and I really, really thought I would like the Sinestro and Parallax stuff, but it's one of those things where it's a crossover. It's basically a kind of long preview advertisement to get you to go read the Green Lantern comics, so there's not a whole lot that happens, but I mean, anytime you see Superman putting on a, a ring, is pretty awesome, so that part was cool, but the, the story was kind of meh. Yeah, the, I think the same thing with uh, the Road Trip History Lesson. I, I liked it, although at times it just did feel like I was just reading a textbook, yeah. a history lesson. There, there was lots of walls of text, but I think it was really well done. And I, I love how this era would balance the big big type story. So over in action comics, you've got the Oz effect where there's the world, the whole world is under threat because of what, everything that's going on there. And then there's two issues here where they're just getting in an RV, Lois and Clark and John get in an RV and drive around. And Superman still saves the day. He gets a really cool heroic moment in a different way uh, with uh, the soldier that passed away yeah. and gets a cool thing there. But there's a, a really cool look at this. I don't know if this would work as well with the boys being teenagers in the show versus a nine or ten year old John Kent. Uh, but some of that you can still do. You can still have the the family road trips and those kind of things. The Sinestro and Parallax stuff, yeah. Um, I don't. I try not to use the F word too much on this podcast, but I could see why some people would call this filler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this, this whole arc, really. I don't. I don't like the term filler. I try to avoid it. But there's still enough character stuff in here that it's good, and there's important stuff for the ongoing storyline. Although it's it's really the main stuff. The main story point is not very relevant or anything it's it's a neat little crossover i guess there is something really cool where superman's dealing with parallax and his fears come out yeah and i thought that was one of the really more powerful moments where you see what superman actually fears and what's so great about superman is how he can be relatable and maybe in a bit more of an extreme way where his whatever we go through on a daily basis he goes through but maybe it's heightened to an extreme degree because he's superman and super powerful but this shows just his fears of his wife getting sick and he can't do anything about it. What if what if Lois and Clark aren't there enough for John because Clark's so busy being Superman and can't do enough to raise his son? He's always worried about not doing enough or not saving enough people. Seeing all those fears that he has, those very real fears he have brought out by Parallax, of course, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, and that was that that's a really good point that I, I kind of forgot about that part. And that's that's definitely the best part from those those two issues. And the really cool thing is I think if I were just like off the bat, off the top of my head, trying to think of what would Superman's fears be, would be like, oh, like going up against somebody with kryptonite or having to die again or uh, you know, like facing powers greater than me, but it's all it's all like fear for other people and not being able to take care of the people that he loves, which just kind of, like you said, really shows the true character of him. So that was really cool to see. And then the last two issues, 31 and 32, which was a Deathstroke, where Deathstroke Slade Wilson showed up. Yeah, these were these were okay. There's, I mean, not a whole lot actually happens. It's kind of a cat and mouse game running around with, with Deathstroke and trying to get caught by him, not caught by him. But that being said, it is really cool because the main focus was Lois and her reporting work and kind of the danger that she puts herself in to, to get the, the story that's necessary or to unearth the evil and bring it out in the light. So that, that part is really cool. And again, something I hope we see on this show is Lois being a, a really good reporter. 
Yeah, as much as I like the Rebirth comics, the biggest weakness thus far with what we've gone on or the biggest disappointment for me is not seeing a lot of Lois and Clark as reporters. And so this really goes heavy into it, Lois being a reporter and going after. She wants a story with Deathstroke, an assassin. And this brings in some stuff that could be very relevant to the show and Lois and Clark being parents and Lois always being putting herself at risk to get the story and Clark and Lois having a very real conversations about that. How much should she do? And she's not going to change who she is. And Clark doesn't even want her to. But it, it makes you think, how much of that does she reconsider? What What's her thought process when she's got two kids now and she's going to hunt down an assassin to just because she wants to get a story? It's not, not anything urgent. She just thought it would be a good story. Right. And there's the, you know, Superman Deathstroke fighting isn't really... All that interesting to me. They got to give Deathstroke whatever. Always got this new suit that takes Superman's powers and whatever. I don't, I don't really care so much for that. But Lois actually getting into the trouble and seeing her getting some action. And I mean, this writes like it could be an episode of the show where she's tracking down. She gets hunted. Maybe she gets abducted. All of that. I think that's really cool stuff you could do. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff in it. It definitely doesn't need to be Deathstroke. It could be anybody. Uh, but the, the same kind of premise would work. With any minor villain, not that Deathstroke's a minor villain, but with any villain, uh, Lois going out to try to do some investigative journalism, I think would work really well as a story. Yeah, and that's something Inner Gang could do, or tracking down Inner Gang, or any number of, of villains you could use for this story. All right, well, that's all we have for now. I think we're planning on coming back after DC Fandom, see if we get any news, any updated information there, any more concrete information on actual filming. But until then, Thanks for listening. If you want to do us a favor, go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this and leave us a review. And in the meantime, you can talk to us on Twitter at TV Superman Lois. Or if you have any questions for us to read on the podcast, you can contact us at Superman and Lois Podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.